You are Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for choosing Locked On Bearcats as your first listen of every day, making us your first listen on this Wednesday, January 12th of 2022. My name is Alex Frank. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite, the number one cloud financial system. To power your growth, head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Alex Frank here, using my experiences from my days as sports director of the University of Cincinnati's Bearcats Media, where I was a commentator for Bearcats football and men's basketball games. In addition, was the host of several live shows and podcasts on the Bearcats in our radio and television studios. Made a lot of connections with those in the athletic department and those who covered the team professionally, which I guess I'm one of those professionals now with this podcast. Anyway, I'm bringing all of those experiences here to Locked On Bearcats. So what's happening right now is so many players are making their decisions whether to return to Cincinnati for another year or to enter the enter the NFL draft. We've already seen Desmond Ritter make his decision, Sauce Gardner make his decision, Alec Pierce made his decision, all three entering the NFL draft, all three I believe will get drafted two in the first round. Alec Pierce probably a middle round pick and of course we'll have a lot more on that throughout this offseason, throughout the draft process. Um... But the players coming back are, and, and and as players are making their decisions, I I wasn't sure how many were going to come back, particularly from the from the from the core group like Ritter, Pierce, Sanders, Gardner, Bryant, DeBlanco, um, those players. But players like Wilson Huber, who's coming back, Jonathan Allen, who's coming back on the offensive line. Malik Van, Jabari Taylor. Those guys that are coming back, Leonard Taylor, Javon Hicks, those guys are going to play an integral role. I saw a comment, and obviously the Bearcats got a transfer from Hawaii and McGardner at wide receiver. And to get someone like him to come in, proven pedigree, with guys like Tyler Scott, with guys like Trey Tucker, with guys like Josh Wiley, if he stays, Leonard Taylor... You know, Jerome Ford obviously has entered the NFL draft. He's not going to be here, but you'll have Ryan Montgomery. You'll have Ethan Wright. There are going to be options at running back and now with the skill players. I saw a comment that said the Bearcats could go undefeated again next year. And and obviously, yesterday, Tuesday, you see all these way too early top 25s. And I know it's so easy to look at it. I'm one of them. Maybe you are too. You look at the early top 25, the way too early top 25, and you might go, well, what stock do I should I put in this? And, and that's understandable because, you know, we're still eight months away from the start of the season. But I still think it's good to, to look at where Cincinnati is and the fact that they are still in the top 25, and they're not in the top 10. They are around 19 to 20, you know, somewhere in the, the low teens to – high 20s, which there's only high 20s or mid 20s in the top 25, but that's still good. And Cincinnati's going to have opportunities to build their resume again next season. Because let's say they do go undefeated next year. How hard is it going to be for the committee to keep them out of the playoff? 
Because I think that was a question this year. Because going into this, because going into last season, if the Bearcats were to finish undefeated, which means they would have won games at Indiana and Notre Dame, which they did, which means they would have run the table in the AAC, which they did, which means they would have won a conference championship game, which they did, and they beat a really good team in that championship game in Houston to do so. It was going to be remote. It was going to be extremely difficult to keep them out of the college football playoff. Combine that with their body of work. Combine that with what they did in 2020. Combine that with how they played against Georgia, who won the national championship Monday night. And it was going to be very hard to keep them out of the playoff. They got in. But now ask yourself, and and they don't have, they may not have a household Heisman Trophy-worthy, Heisman Trophy-esque, or at least someone that's in the conversation for the Heisman Trophy that's getting all these interviews on SportsCenter, uh, the huddle with Joe Klatt, or whatever. They may not have that next year. I understand that. They may not have that commodity like Desmond Ritter. But they will have a very good team. Like, you think about Michigan this year. Uh, I'm sorry, that, that's a terrible example. I'm, try, I'm trying to think if there's ever been a team that's made the college football playoff. Maybe Notre Dame in 2018. I'm trying to think of if there has ever been a team that has made the college football playoff without that household name, without that, you know, player that's grabbing headlines every week that's in the running for to be a Heisman Trophy finalist or a Heisman Trophy winner. This year in the college football playoff, every team, maybe Georgia didn't have that, although they did have Jordan Davis. You can look at his stats and say he was he's not all that great. Oh, yes, he was. He won the Chuck Bednarik Award as the best defensive player in college football. Every team that made the playoff this year had a household name. Alabama had the Heisman Trophy winner. Michigan had Aiden Hutchinson, who might be the first overall pick in the draft. Georgia had Jordan Davis. Cincinnati had Desmond Ritter. So the Bearcats may not may not have that player next year. But if they do go undefeated and they do go 13-0, which they are going to have an opportunity. You thought, they're, you thought winning at Notre Dame was impressive this year. I don't think any regular season win for the Bearcats can top that next year. But going to Arkansas and beating an SEC team, oh yes, that would. That comment that I saw, if the Bearcats the Bearcats can go undefeated next year, it's not out of the question. It is not out of the question. Because now they have proven they can do it. By the way, they've done it twice now. What gets lost, maybe because of the truncated season in 2020 is that the Bearcats went undefeated that year. They went undefeated this year in a full season. That might matter more than 2020. But in a third straight undefeated season, and and you're going to keep the Bearcats out of the playoff? I'm just thinking about that. In a season that's going to be the most important in Bearcats football history, in terms of how they can in terms of how they can build off of their college football playoff run, from 2021 and maintain their status as a top 10 program. There's always that challenge. Luke Fickle has that challenge. The Bearcats aren't going to be in the top 10 next year to start the season because they are losing a lot. And when you're a team in the American Athletic Conference, which the Bearcats still are, that's the reality of the situation. However, I think about 
this season being important not only to show last year was not a fluke, which I don't think it was by any means, it also is to show that the Big 12 is making a good decision, expanding and letting Cincinnati in, in UCF, in BYU, in Houston. Cincinnati and Houston last year finished the regular season a combined 23-1. and That's a, That is good for the Big 12. UCF beat, U, beat Florida in a bowl game. BYU has been one of the has been traditionally a very successful program. BYU in 2020 was undefeated and lost a very close game to a very good Coastal Carolina team. This year they had a good season too. But going undefeated, if they do, can the Bearcats really be left out of the college football playoff? Now, if there's not as much chaos as there was this year, maybe. But ask yourself this, since the Bearcats have now been to the playoff, can they be le- can they be left out again if they're undefeated? That's a vi- I don't think I don't think they can. And it doesn't matter what conference they're in. And if other conferences are upset about it, do better. More coming up next on Lockdown Bearcats. You know, 2022 is a new year for Cincinnati. It's going to be a new year with a lot of new faces. There's some returnees, but mostly a lot of new for the Bearcats football program. It's also the new year for all of us in America, and that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure to include Built Bar in your plan. Maybe Built Bar can help the Bearcats go undefeated. Not maybe. I bet it can't. Built Bar makes it easier for all of us to stick to our New Year's resolutions because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat healthy. Unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill, and nobody wants that. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they only contain 130 calories, just 4 grams of sugar and net carbs each, and they contain 17 grams of protein. So even if you're not a huge fan of working out, I know it can be difficult. You can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. So that way, when you enjoy a delicious Built Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. Go to Built.com. Here's an offer. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, so with Built Bar, you've got your New Year's resolutions taken care of, but now... Take care of when you fill up at the pump. Hey, Bearcats fans, this is Alex Frank here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas in 2022 needs to know about. It's called GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. You can just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now using promo code SCORE and getting a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's up to $0.50 cents Cash back. There's no need to pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to three hundred dollars, two to three hundred dollars a month in cash back. And there's no catch because the cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE. To get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank, that's code SCORE for up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I talk about continuity. We talk about continuity. And we 
have sensed for, we have known for a long time, that there is continuity within the Bearcats football program. Really, continuity is a theme throughout Bearcats football and men's basketball. Men's basketball, you had continuity. Like outside of the first four years of Mick Cronin's tenure, the Bearcats were NCAA tournament bound every single year. NCAA tournament bound every single year. There was continuity. No matter what happened in the regular season, there were times the Bearcats finished seventh in the Big East or finished fifth in the American Athletic Conference or fourth. But yet they got to the NCAA tournament every year. And the football program may be establishing continuity in terms of getting to the conference championship and always being in the running for a New Year's Six Bowl. And that is what Power Five programs are. What separates the Bearcats from other group of five schools, maybe like a Boise State, who kind of fizzled out a little bit after their run in 2007, 8, 9, 10. Same with TCU in 2009 and 2010. Perhaps the same with UCF two years ago. They're moving to the Big 12 because I do think the Big 12 can benefit with a market like Orlando and a program like UCF that is drawing numerous students in the state of Florida. The Big 12 can expand to Florida. You look at these conferences and how wide-ranging they are. The Big Ten goes from Maryland to Nebraska. The, I'm sorry, even New York to Nebraska. The ACC goes from Massachusetts, from Boston all the way to Miami. The SEC goes from Kentucky goes from Missouri, all the Texas, all the way over to Florida and the East Coast. The ACC the same way. The well, the ACC mainly is on the East Coast, but it goes into Notre Dame and Louisville. I already mentioned the ACC goes from Boston and Miami. The Pac-12 goes from Colorado up to Washington, and now you have the Big 12 going from West Virginia all the way to Utah. These conferences are expanding. To get a team like Orlando is huge. But continuity is such a great thing for Cincinnati to have because that is not what group of five programs usually have. Cincinnati is becoming that. You know, other teams might have flash in the pan great seasons. I don't know if ECU is going to be as good as their seven and five season this year. I don't know. I don't know if, you know, Tulane was knocking on the door for many years in this, for multiple years in this conference. They haven't done, they have not done well since. You know, Houston hopefully will be able to continue their 11 from and build off of their 12 and 2 season this year. Hopefully they will. That means the Big 12 is getting two programs that won either 12 or 13 games this year. Continuity is such a great thing in Cincinnati. One example the offensive line is going to return every starter from this year. So we talked about yesterday, I talked about yesterday, whoever the Bearcats starting quarterback is, Ben Bryant or Evan Prater. They are going to have protection up front. And having all five starters return is massive because they know the because they know protection schemes and they have played together. Continuity is everything on the offensive line. Offensive line is a unit. It's five guys right next to each other in the trenches where the game can be decided. You can have the greatest cast of skill players, but if the offensive line isn't protecting the quarterback and letting him operate with those skill players, what good does having great skill players do for you? I know this from being a Bengals fan. You know, the Bengals have an elite receiving core, and it's very good. 
However, sometimes Joe Burrow gets sacked too many times in the game. The Bearcats hopefully will not have to deal with that next year. The offensive line this year I thought was good. I thought it was going to be a weakness. I saw at times it get beat, particularly in the Cotton Bowl, but that's fine. They're playing Alabama. The offensive line for Cincinnati, the one thing the Bearcats have to develop, the one unit they have to develop, if they are aspiring to get to where Alabama is, to get to where Georgia is, even to get to where Notre Dame and Ohio State are, they have to develop an offensive line. Unfortunately, that's going to be difficult to do because as Stuart Mandel pointed out, and I've mentioned this, the best offensive linemen in the country go to Alabama or Georgia. That is just the way it is. It's unfair. But those schools have churned out offensive linemen like clockwork. Cincinnati, they are going to compete with Alabama. And this is something that Ohio State aspires to do. The Bearcats are going to have to get offensive linemen. Having all five starters return from this year, Lorenz Metz, Jonathan Allen, John Williams, Jake Renfro, Dylan O'Quinn, that is going to help. And And if there's competition at offensive line, that is also a good thing. I believe Vinny McConnell is also returning as well. This is great news. Because now, you don't have to worry about that. It's one thing to worry about who's your next quarterback. But if you have to worry about who's going to protect him up front, that that adds a little bit of unease to the quarterback situation. But if you know who's going to protect your quarterback, that is a huge advantage. Especially in a conference that has produced some edge rushers over the years, most notably Ed Oliver. The Bearcats have produced edge rushers of their own. When the Bearcats are at their best, their offensive line paves the way for their ground game. They will have options of running back next year. But continuity is still going to be abundant next year. Going into the most important season in Bearcats football history, to prove that last year was not a fluke, to sustain their top 10 program status, which even if they start at 19 or 20 or wherever they start in the AP Top 25 in the preseason, if they are able to build a resume, go undefeated, win another, win a third straight conference championship, they will be a top 10 team. Maybe that matters more to you next year than getting back to the college football playoff. I think as long as the Bearcats are a top 10 program, which is where Luke Fickle wants to be, Luke Fickle will not mention they want to be a college football playoff perennial. That doesn't mean he doesn't think that, but he won't say that. He says the right things and the general things. They want to be a top 10 program. Well, next year is going to determine potentially whether or not they are. Having an offensive line to block for whoever's going to play quarterback is going to be crucial. And getting Jonathan Allen and getting all five offensive linemen to return. I know what you think of Lorenz Metz. He's had his struggles. But would you rather have him or someone new? You can be excited about someone new, but do you know what they bring? Lorenz Metz was better this year. I'm not saying he was good, or great, excuse me. I'm saying he was better than when you saw than what you saw on the Peach Bowl in 2020. Having continuity is going to be very important on, on the offensive line next year. They are losing a lot of key players at a lot of key positions. But Cincinnati 
one thing they are about is being driven through the trenches. If you have as many starters as you can have returning, then anybody else who comes back or transfers in is icing on the cake. That is how I view this upcoming season with who's coming back and who's not, and who is not. If you have continuity in the trenches, offensive line and defensive line, anybody else who returns, Leonard Taylor, Javon Hicks, anybody else who comes back, Wilson Huber, whomever else, Jabari, Ta- Jabari Taylor is a defensive lineman. Anybody else who comes back that's not on the in the trenches is icing on the cake. All right, coming up more on Desmond Ritter and his legacy. I still haven't officially made my top 10 list of top 10 games Desmond Ritter has played this year. And uh, some thoughts from the national championship game on Monday night, which I thought was a really good game. I really did. And what it means for Cincinnati, because there is a direct connection. That is next on Locked On Bearcats. All right, so this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. So head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. That's netsuite.com slash locked. Once again, thank you for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Alex Frank here with you. The college football season has come to an end. The National Championship game Monday night. I didn't talk about it yesterday because I was recording Tuesday's show during the National Championship game. That was a fantastic football game. It really was. Uh, The final score, yes, was Georgia 33, Alabama 18, meaning Georgia won by two scores. But, obviously, the pick six. Alabama had the ball down eight driving. Um, That was a fantastic football game. And I know maybe you're someone like me that gets tired of seeing Georgia and Alabama play for the national championship seemingly every year. By the way, it was only the second time they've done that. Um, But leading up to the game on Monday and during the game, I found myself really intrigued by the matchup, really uh, piqued by the game and the product I was seeing on the field. I thought Georgia was going to be an absolute pushover for Alabama because after what I saw in the SEC championship game, And what I saw against the Bearcats in the Cotton Bowl, I just thought Alabama was too good to be beaten by Georgia. But Georgia was the better team. And I know Alabama did lose Jamison Williams. And I know that that may have had an impact on the game. And if any Alabama fan out there wants to say that's the reason why they lost the game, they can't. I don't think that's the reason why. The reason why they lost the game is Georgia made more plays than Alabama did. 
Stetson Bennett made throws when he had to, and the defense stepped up when they had to. That's what great teams do. Bryce Young throws two interceptions. Georgia took advantage. But what this means for Cincinnati, and I remember there was, and I talked about this leading up to the Cotton Bowl, because one thing that was really interesting to me was the thought that Alabama was not the best team in the country despite being the number one seed. Alabama was the number one seed only because of what they did against Georgia in the SEC Championship, because that was the best win of any team during the regular season. But Georgia, I thought all along, was the best team. So Cincinnati, despite losing by to Alabama by 21 points, in a game that you can say the Bearcats should have you know, lost by a closer margin, you can say the Bearcats should have gotten blown out by more than 21, the Bearcats ultimately played this year's national champions to a three-point game in the Peach Bowl last year. Really a two-point, really a one-point game if you take away the crazy safety on the last play of the game last year. The Bearcats can say that they played the national champions. And that Georgia team in 2020 had a lot of players you saw on Monday night on this 2021 Georgia team. The Bearcats played them to a three-point game. What does that say about Cincinnati? What does that say? And by the way, Losing by 21 to Alabama. Because at the time, we thought Alabama was the best team in the country. Now we know it's Georgia. The story or narrative, and I've always believed there are two sides to every story and narrative. The story now is, Georgia was the best team in college football all season. They just had a massive slip-up against Alabama. Perhaps because Alabama was playing with rat poison. Cincinnati played Georgia to a three-point game. Now you can say that they played Georgia to a three-point game, but they lost to Alabama by 21. Alabama's really the best team now. As Kirby Smart said after the game, Georgia head coach Kirby Smart, sometimes the best the, the team that wins the national championship is the team that plays the best, not necessarily who's the best team on paper. That was what we saw on Monday night. I still think the Bearcats have a lot of work to do if they are going to eventually beat an SEC team. But there's no shame in losing to Alabama by 21. If you're frustrated that UC lost by 21 to Alabama after what Alabama showed in the national championship, I understand that. I feel that way too. But you can also look at, man, Cincinnati played Georgia to a three-point game in the S- in the Peach Bowl last year. And that Georgia team was very similar to this Georgia team that won the national championship. No, they did not have Eric Stokes. No, they did not have Ozzie jo- Ojaliri. They did have, though, Jordan Davis. They did have uh, George Pickens. They had a very good team. And if you're Cincinnati, you went toe-to-toe with them last year in the Beach Bowl. You went toe-to-toe with the eventual national champions. The two teams that played in that national championship game 
on Monday night are the only two teams that Cincinnati has lost to. And I think it's fair to say Cincinnati played a bad game against Alabama. They just had a bad night. That is all that it is. Alabama sure played better. Alabama was the better team. They ran the ball straight down Cincinnati's throats. They deserved to win that game. Cincinnati, though, despite not playing at their best, they still put on a very respectable showing in the Cotton Bowl. There's no shame in losing to Alabama. There's no shame in losing to Georgia. Georgia and Alabama are the two best teams in college football. Would it shock you if they played next year again for the national championship? It wouldn't for me. Would it shock you if they played for the SEC championship next year? It would not shock me. Cincinnati, and they're having the same problem that many other teams have had over the years. When they go up against the SEC, at the end of the day, the SEC is simply just better than everybody else in football. And it showed on Monday night. Georgia was the best team in the country. Sometimes the best teams have bad games. Georgia had a bad game against Alabama. By the way, worth noting, in 2020, they also lost at Alabama by 17. That was a loaded Alabama team. Nobody was beating that team. Sorry. Georgia also lost to Florida. A fluke loss, given Florida collapsed down the stretch. They lost their last three games in 2020. UC held their own against the two teams who played for the national championship on Monday night. Both are SEC teams, both are SEC powerhouses, and they're probably the two best teams in college football. They may both start the season one and two next year in the AP Top 25 in the preseason. Now, I'll finish with this. Desmond Ritter. And there are so many games that you can choose that you can choose from if you're a Bearcats fan. It's top 10 games. Your most memorable game watching Desmond Ritter. I'll have a top 10 eventually this week. But what's so unique about Cincinnati is you can have a player like him but have him stay for four years. Because when he when he rose as a rookie of the year in the AAC in 2018, he was not on anybody's radar because he played at Cincinnati. Cincinnati was not on anybody's radar. So, but what that also might mean is this. If Cincinnati continues to be a top 10 program, players might come out early. They might get drafted earlier. Michael Warren left after three years. Jerome Ford had another year of eligibility. He chose not to use it. Desmond Ritter had another year of eligibility. Could have used the pandemic extra year. He chose not to. Desmond Ritter, for as great as it is that he could stay in a unique situation like Cincinnati all four years, at the same time, at the same time, he might be the last Bearcat to do so because of where Cincinnati is going and the attention that they are going to receive from college football, from a national perspective. If they are going to be a top 10 program, which I think they can be, they're going to a Power 5 conference. Power 5 conferences get the most attention. They get the most looks when it comes to draft prospects. You see more of those in Dane Brugler's draft guide 
than you do group of five schools. That's just how it, how it goes. Cincinnati's not going to be a part of that. See what happens. Much more to get to later this week on Lockdown Bearcats. The Bearcats play tonight in men's basketball against ECU. A very crucial game for Cincinnati. They need to win this game. I don't think they can start 1-3 and three in the AAC because what that will do is it will put them in you know, a situation where they don't have a very big margin for error. The more losses you accumulate in conference play in a conference like the AAC, the more pressure puts on is put on you to win the conference tournament. You don't want to have to do that. You want to put yourself in a position where you can receive an at-large bid. Maybe the Bearcats can do that. It starts with winning Sunday or, or, or tonight's game, sorry, against East Carolina. Until we talk to you next time, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram as well, AlexFrank9 underscore, and you can also email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. That's all lowercase, Alex, the number three, Frank at gmail.com. Thank you for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen of every day. Now stay tuned to make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. Bearcats ECU tonight, 7 o'clock tip on ESPN+. You can also hear the game live on 700 WLW. We'll be back tomorrow. Work some men's basketball talk into this week from the game Sunday at Memphis and the game tonight against ECU. But until then, and until tomorrow on Thursday's show, have a great day. Have a Bearcat day.